you are listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant congregation outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin. You can learn more about us at BethelCov.org. Thanks for listening. And so today we're actually going to look at uh, a lot of Proverbs. We're going to look at a whole bunch of chapters and we're not going to read all of them. Uh, because there are lots of them, but we're going to try and get an idea of what, of what wisdom looks like, what it looks like um, to find the kind of wisdom that's talked about in Proverbs. And, and if you were here um, a month ago, uh, you'll know, you'll re- you might remember um, that kind of the main argument that Proverbs is making, the kind of the main point that Proverbs is making is this, that God made the world um, according to according to wisdom. Uh, and, and the word, the Hebrew word for wisdom is, um, is that word. It's chokmah. Can you guys say chokmah? Chokmah. I've been making everybody say this for a while, but it's been a while, so you might not remember. Chokmah um, is this Hebrew understanding of uh, kind of the, the laws that sit at the foundation of creation. Um, more than just things like physics and, and math, but but sort of what makes the world work um, the way that it works. Uh, the Bible says, Proverbs says that God made the world uh, with Hokmah as his partner. Actually, the book of Proverbs uh, personifies Hokmah. It says, Hokmah is like a person. And, he, and it says, you know, uh, and she was right there when I created the world. And, and the argument is, the thing that Proverbs is kind of trying to say is that we can live according to Hokmah too. Uh, we can live our lives in line with the way that God made the world and the universe. And, and if we understand um, the wisdom that God used to create the world, we can be better uh, decision makers in our own lives. Uh, we can be better creators in our own lives. We can be better farmers. We can be better moms and dads. We can be better kids. We can be better parents. We can be better students. Uh, the idea is that there's this principle, this wisdom, this chokmah that sits at the foundation of, of the universe, the created universe. And if we get to know what chokmah looks like, if we get to know chokmah as a person, um, we can live our lives out of that. Uh, another way to put it is that uh, Proverbs argues that as much as sometimes today we, we don't think our choices matter much or we don't think often we can change much about our lives, Proverbs uh, argues that we... Um, that our choices matter, uh, that sometimes there is a, a right answer, um, a way to live in the world that's aware of the way that God made it uh, and intended to uh, make decisions in line with that. Um, and, and so Proverbs, is, its job is to kind of give us an idea of what that world looks like and what it means to find chokmah in it. So, so if Proverbs is trying to make any point, it's that your choices matter, There's a way to make them well, and in any circumstance, in any place you are, no matter what your relationships are like now, no matter what uh, job you have now, no matter what you're doing with your life right now, there's a way to do that wisely or not so wisely. There's a way to live that leads to life and a way uh, that leads to death. And the main way that Proverbs does this is by giving us signposts, kind of images, and, and we call them Proverbs, like we have Proverbs today, right? And I thought, you know, my favorite one is, you know, when the sun is shining, what do you do? Make hay. Yeah, yeah. Here's another one, right? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Uh, a stitch in time saves nine. Haste makes 
Measure twice, cut once. That one's really important, so don't, for, don't forget that one. And, and just like each of these little proverbs are sort of, uh, you know, they're not really, they sound like rules to follow, right? But as much as uh, they're rules to follow, they're kind of ideas of what it means to be wise, right? The sun is, when the sun is shining, make hay isn't just about hay. Uh, a stitch in time saves nine is not just about fixing your pants. It's about something bigger than that. And so what Proverbs does is collects a whole bunch of these pictures, these images, these ideas of what the world looks like, uh, what it looks like to live foolishly in the world, and, and what it looks like to live wisely in the world. Uh, I kind of think about it this way, like if you wanted to learn what an elephant looks like, you might type elephant into Google image search, and then you'd look at like 35 pictures and you'd know kind of what an elephant looks like. Uh, wisdom is, is that. It's a whole bunch of, uh, Proverbs is that. It's a whole bunch of little tiny pictures of, of wisdom. And so what I want to do is just share a few of them with you. And I encourage you, you're probably not going to be able to keep up because we're going to be running and jumping through uh, some, of, some of these Proverbs. But I encourage you to sit down sometime after church today or this week and just read a whole bunch of them in a row. Because uh, you'll find a lot of interesting things do that. You'll find some of the Proverbs just makes sense to you, right? It just connects with you instantly. Some of them, you're going to be like, I disagree with that 100%. Uh, some of them, you'll say, I can see how maybe that's true, but I can also see how it's not true. So I encourage you to, to look at them uh, for yourself sometime, but, but we're just going to share, I'm just going to share a few of them so that we can get an idea of the kind of picture of wisdom that Proverbs is trying to paint, a little picture of what Hokmah looks like. Uh, so I'll start off with... Um, one of my favorite ones. You guys will learn a lot about me based on the Proverbs that I'm sharing. Uh, but 10.26, so chapter 10.26. Uh, I just like it because it's so descriptive. As vinegar is to the teeth and smoke is to the eyes, so are sluggards to those who send them. Uh, I have a, a son, our, our oldest son, Foster, is the slowest eater in the world. Uh, and I can tell you, as vinegar is to the teeth and smoke is to the eyes, so is a slow eater to a parent who's just trying to get through dinner. <laughs> uh, here's, here's another one, 1117. Uh, Hopes placed in mortals die with them. All the promise of their power comes to nothing. Right? Uh, as good as a person is, as trustworthy as a person is, as loyal as a person is, as powerful as a person is, uh, eventually... Uh, they, they will pass away. And if you put all your hope and all your trust and all your future in a human being, uh, it, it's not going to go so well. Uh, here's another 1124. One person gives freely and gains even more. Another withholds unduly and comes to poverty. Uh, this one's interesting, right? It's talking about, so if you ever met somebody that's just so generous with what they have, it seems like the more they give, the, the better off uh, they are, and that other person that just squeezes every nickel so tight like they're trying to get blood out of them never seems to have enough. Now, this might be a challenging one, right? Because we all know plenty of people that aren't particularly generous, that are, are doing pretty good, and we also might know one or two people that live very generously and, and really struggle maybe because of that. It's not a perfect rule. Uh, 12.1, this one's really important. Uh, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Uh, Proverbs says something like this, like 
a bunch of times, just over and over again. And the point is this, that if you can't learn, if you can't ever be wrong, if you can't ever admit you're making a mistake, you're never, ever going to learn anything or grow at all. You have to be able to make mistakes, right? Uh, here's, here's a couple more. We'll skip some of these. 1625, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. Uh, this one's more just a, a statement about uh, how kind of the world works. Is sometimes we think we're doing the right thing, and it just wasn't right. We, we were wrong, right? We missed something. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. It's just a statement about, about human life. Um, 1719, whoever loves quarrel, whoever loves to fight, loves sin, but whoever builds a high gate invites destruction. If you're the kind of person that can't get around with people, it's, it's going to be trouble for you. 26, many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find, right? It's, it's sort of true to life, right? There are so many people that will tell you, oh, I'll be there for you no matter what. But when you really find somebody like that, you know what the difference is between somebody that says they're going to be there and somebody that is there. Uh, 22.6, this one is is challenging for people. Um, as a pastor, I hear about this verse of the Bible from people more than uh, many others. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6 sounds like this. Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they're old, they'll not turn from it. Uh, I'll say that again, and you probably heard this one before. This is a famous uh, proverb from Proverbs. Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they're old, they'll not turn from it. Uh, I hear this one a lot from people that are close to my age that are saying, I've got kids now. I've got to start them off right so that things work out in the future, so that they don't ever turn from that way they started. Uh, and, and that's a wonderful encouragement. But on the other side, I hear this verse in the mouths of people that have grown kids. And it's a, it's a struggle, Right? You say, man, you know, I got up every Sunday and I took my kid to Sunday school and I tried to teach him the right thing and I tried to introduce him uh, to God and I tried to teach him how to make good decisions and man, it seems like they've strayed from that path. And, and this verse, this proverb, as, as comforting as it is to someone who uh, is, is young with children, as challenging as it is to them, can be really hard to hear if you tried to live that out and you're struggling to see if that's true. And it's really important to remember with these Proverbs um, that it's not a surprise to the author of Proverbs that sometimes these don't work out how, they ho how we hope they would, right? It's an image, it's a picture, it's not a promise, but a probability. Uh, if you start a child off in the way they should go, it's surely more likely that they won't stray from that path. But right, human beings, we have choices. All kinds of things happen to us. We make good choices and bad choices. Uh, life is a long time. And, and some of us, um, you know, we struggle or we turn away from the good paths and maybe we'll come back to that path one day. But it bothers us. We wrestle with it. And as you read these Proverbs, you'll find some of them, right, that just connect and just sound so true. And you can just think, yes, Absolutely, and then you'll read others and you'll say, boy, I don't know about that. 
you struggle with it. And, and what I'm trying to tell you is that you're meant to struggle with it a little bit. Uh, it would not be a surprise to the first person that read these or wrote these or to the God that inspired them that sometimes these Proverbs don't always 100% of the time seem to work out. Uh, here's one that's um, challenging too. 26 verse 4. Uh, this one, this is a classic, a classic proverb. It goes like this. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Uh, I feel like those of us that use Facebook should read this one every day, right? Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like them. Sometimes when you try and correct somebody, sometimes when you argue with somebody, sometimes when you get into it with somebody, it's just not worth it. Uh, they're not going to change their mind, and, and you're going to be pulled right into to something that hurts you. But here's the challenging part. If you have it open to 26 verse 4, maybe your eyes have strayed down to 26 verse 5. So 26 verse 4, uh, right? Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. 26 verse 5, answer a fool according to his folly, or he'll be wise in your own eyes. Uh, so if Proverbs is a, is a rule book, what are we supposed to do when we encounter a fool? Are we supposed to answer them? Who thinks we should answer them? But it says right here, verse 5, answer a fool according to his folly. Or, or not answer them. And, and you might read this, and I've, I've read things by people that have read this, and they think, oh my goodness, you know, the, the Bible, it contradicted itself, right? One verse says one thing, the other verse says something else. What are we supposed to do? And, and as, as we read it, we act like um, the person that write, wrote it like somehow didn't notice. Uh, we act like God-inspiring scripture uh, somehow didn't notice that he put two commands right next to each other, two Proverbs right next to each other that don't, don't fit with each other, right? And sometimes it, it bothers us, but, but maybe what we should be understanding from this is that sometimes you better not answer a fool according to his folly, or you'll be just like him. But other times, you might actually convince them. So maybe it's worth it. And wisdom is knowing the difference. Um, Proverbs paints this picture of what wisdom looks like from different angles. Oh, and I got to share one more. This is my favorite proverb in all of Proverbs. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. <laughs> right? I think that one is true like 100% of the time. Right? And, and it's amazing, right? Wisdom is knowing that sometimes... A blessing offered sincerely can be received as a curse. Sometimes it's worth it to get down in the mud with somebody that doesn't understand for their sake. And sometimes it's, it's not. Uh, so as Proverbs is painting this picture, right, this, this Google image search of what chokmah looks like, of what wisdom and foolishness looks like, um, as you chew on them, and I encourage you to sit down and read a bunch of them, you'll find there's a lot of repetition of themes, there's a lot of uh, nuance and a lot of different situations. Um, and I encourage you to read them and to chew on them because the first people that read Proverbs, uh, that's, that's what they did. Uh, they took them in one at a time or in groups and said, okay, I don't know. They wrestled with it a little bit. Uh, sometimes as you're reading, you might disagree with them. That's, that's great. You might even question or challenge them. You might even say, I'm not so sure about this one. Uh, 
And as you do this, you'll find that Proverbs is not a, a list of rules to be followed to achieve wisdom, but instead a, a picture of what wisdom looks like. Because as diverse as the Proverbs might be, as strange as some of them are, and I didn't share a lot of the really strange ones, I encourage you to, to look, um, each is meant to be wrestled with alone and, and together. And each of them gives you just a little snapshot of what wisdom looks like and what it looks like to become the kind of person that embraces wisdom. And I think together they make a few bold statements if we're willing to listen. Uh, and, and the first one is this. Um, some of the Proverbs, you know, they, they challenge the way we look at life today. You'll read some of these Proverbs and you'll say, that is not what I was taught. That doesn't seem right. Some of them, right, they feel wrong. Some of them feel wrong in our lives in certain circumstances. Some we want to believe, but it doesn't seem like they really played out. Some of them, right, they, they contradict each other. Do you answer a fool or not? And, and first, maybe this bothers us. It bothers us when we read something in God's word that doesn't seem like a rule or a checklist that we're supposed to follow. It doesn't seem like it is true in every situation, in every circumstance, and in every time. Uh, but I can tell you, it would come as no surprise to God that we struggle with some of these. Uh, the people that have read Proverbs and preserved Proverbs and passed it down for millennia, it would come as no surprise to them that sometimes a, Proverbs feel, a proverb feels true and sometimes not so much. And, and I would argue that it's not an accident that this book contains such a broad collection of sayings. And, and the point that Proverbs is trying to make about wisdom is that life is complicated. Life is complicated. The world is complicated. And a good response in one situation is not always the right response in another. A loud blessing in the morning is a curse. Sometimes it's best not to correct a fool. Other times they might thank you for it. And so we remember from Proverbs as you read this, and you'll notice this, that life is complicated, yes, but that God is not surprised by that complexity. And it's not the end of the story either, because in the midst of our complicated life and world, Proverbs says not only is life complicated and God aware of that complication, uh, Proverbs argues that just because the world is complicated doesn't mean there isn't a right answer sometimes. Uh, the whole book of Proverbs is written on the premise that we can do the right thing or the wrong thing, that some choices really are better than others, and if we draw near to wisdom, we might find that we have a better way. So if you believe Proverbs, uh, there's always a wise way to respond. It might be hard to find. It might not be an easy answer from uh, following a rule and a checklist, but there's a wise response. Sometimes there really is a right answer, and Proverbs would argue, your scripture would argue, that you actually have a choice, that you're not trapped in whatever circumstances you're in, that you can actually do something to improve them that you can actually move your life towards life rather than death. There's a way to choose wisdom, a way to make things better. Proverbs remind us that we have a choice, and while we may not control our circumstances or our coworkers or our relatives or our feelings or our weaknesses or our health or our family members, we do control how we respond in those situations. We do control how we treat people even when it doesn't seem like we have many options. We have a choice. So, so if there's a maker, 
Uh, if we believe in, in Hokmah, if we believe what Proverbs is trying to say, if we believe there really is a right answer sometimes, how do we find that? Uh, now, sometimes, um, you know, the one way we do this is we say, okay, I'm just going to read all the Proverbs. I'm going to read all of the rest of Scripture. Sorry, scripture is true. I'm going to make a big checklist about how I should live according to God's wisdom. And if I memorize every verse in the Bible, and if I memorize the Ten Commandments, and if I make sure to do everything right, then I'll, I'll find wisdom. That's, that's one way we think about this. And, and when we think about it that way, Proverbs really bothers you because you're like, what am I supposed to do in this situation? Um, but the, the truth is, and, and Proverbs alludes to this, uh, and the whole story of the Bible is that we actually can't find the answers to life by memorizing a list of rules. That we can't find chokmah, we can't get to know God's wisdom or the God who created wisdom by making the right choices, by trying super hard to do everything perfectly. And, and, and this may sound controversial to some of us, especially if you grew up in the church. And, and don't mishear me. But the story of the Bible is that we can't even be transformed by reading this book every single day for the rest of our lives. Uh, this, as, as powerful, as important as Scripture is, is not enough to find wisdom on its own. It's not enough. We can't even be changed by this book. While there are plenty of commands in Scripture and plenty of rules to follow, the Bible is clear that as true as its words are, as inspired by God as its words are, the real thing that human beings need is not something to memorize or something to do better, but new hearts, actually to be made into new people. The whole story of the Bible points uh, not to a rule that will give us a new self or a new heart or a new life, but a person who came to do just that. The whole story of the Bible anticipates a person, and it says if we can connect to that person, we can be changed. Uh, he'll take our foolish and sinful and hard hearts and replace them with hearts of flesh. We can be made new and set free from sin and the foolishness that Proverbs uh, shines a light on. And that same person made the world according to his chokmah. Uh, when Jesus came, and this is the person we're talking about, Jesus is the solution to this question. Jesus is the person. When he came, uh, he put it this way. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, that's how, how Jesus said it. And, and it's funny, uh, today we read that uh, maybe a little bit differently than people would have understood it at the time. Um, you know, today when I hear, I'm the way, the truth, and life, no one comes to the Father except through me, it's, it's mostly about what other religions are doing. That's, oh, well, this is the true religion. Jesus said it was true. Uh, those religions aren't true because Jesus said, uh, which is a fair interpretation. But, but at the time, Jesus wasn't talking to people that believed in different gods. Um, Jesus was talking to people that thought a law and a temple and a book could connect them to God. Jesus was making an incredibly bold and controversial claim. He was saying that it's not a belief system that will transform your heart. It's not a belief system that will begin your eternal life. It's not a law that will save you or an idea or a behavior or anything else that can connect you to God. He told his disciples, people that had grown up as good uh, religious Jewish people, he told them that it's none of those things that connect you to God. It's none of those things that change your heart. It's a person. 
And the radical claim that Christ made is that person is him. And if we want to be transformed, if we want to grow in wisdom, if we want to have the eternal life that God intended for us, the first choice is to connect to Christ, to get to know him, to repent of our failure and our sin and accept his death on our behalf, to put our hope in the resurrection and be transformed and shaped and remade by his Holy Spirit. I don't know what, exactly what brought you here today. You know, we talked about we all carry different things into this room, different burdens from different weeks and different places. And we're all in, different, uh, we're all in a different place in relation to this book. Um, you know, some of us, it's something we were raised on. Some of us, it's something we struggle with. And some of us might even shift where we are from week to week. Some of us struggle to think that there could be wisdom in, in this book. We don't know what to believe about Jesus, and we're uh, maybe curious about who he is, or wondering if there really is anything true here or not. Uh, some of us uh, have been convinced and taught by faithful people that cared a lot about us. We've, we've been convinced that this is a checklist or a rule book to be enforced on ourselves or, or maybe over others. That wisdom is easy, that it's cut and dry, black and white, and mostly about obeying the rules and staying out of trouble. And, and maybe uh, you've gotten really good at following these rules, or at least not breaking the ones that other people notice. Uh, sometimes we have ourselves so convinced that we've figured out God and Jesus and the answers that we, we know what this thing says, and we don't even really need to look anymore. And we get distracted uh, focusing on the faults of others. But I believe that wherever you find yourself today, uh, that God, through his Holy Spirit, is at work in your life. And he's calling out to you. So wherever you are today, I invite you to take one small step closer to the work God is doing in you. Uh, and maybe for you, wherever you find yourself, it's, it's to admit that you might be wrong about something, anything. Uh, this is called uh, repentance when we, when we do it in a big way. And it's impossible to gain wisdom. It's impossible to learn anything. It's impossible to be transformed unless you can be wrong. So maybe your step is to admit today that you might be wrong about something. Maybe your step today is to start with Jesus, to connect or reconnect to him. Wisdom is found in relationship with him. And real, lasting transformation only comes through him. I, I invite you, if that's you, to, to spend some time reading the Gospels. To seek out another believer and ask them uh, what, what Jesus is really about. And to bring your questions and your doubts. Uh, and maybe God is calling you today to allow yourself to wrestle with his word again. Uh, to actually be challenged by it. To read something and say, I don't know if I'm living that out. I don't know if that lines up with how I think about the world. To, to push it. To try it on to live it out, to take it seriously, to doubt your easy answers or your neat conclusions because God is big enough for a close look. So let him and his word challenge your ideas, especially your most certain ones. But remember that true transformation comes from connection to his son, our savior. Would you pray with me? Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant church outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin, and you can find out more about us at BethelCov.org.